Aloha. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. I'm your host, Chad Ford. Today, I'm flying solo to debut my first top 30 Big Board of the Year. Yes, it is time for Big Board 1.0. I put together the Big Board by consulting with a number of NBA scouts and execs in the league, watching a lot of video of the prospects myself, and talking to guests like John Hollinger, Fran Fraschilla, and Kevin O'Connor to get their takes on a number of prospects in the draft as well. But where I lean is to where the consensus is for NBA scouts right now, and there's a lot of volatility. It was really hard to find much of a consensus anywhere for the number one pick, who the top five picks in the draft were, the top 10 picks in the draft were, and then it really starts to fall apart as you get below that. And so one of the things that I'm going to provide in this big board as well are draft ranges. And draft ranges represent the range that I heard roughly from NBA scouts about where they predicted a player would go in the draft, both a high range as well as a low range. I'm going to start at the top of the draft. This probably comes as no surprise to people that have been listening to the podcast over the last few weeks. But number one on the big board, LaMelo Ball, point guard, 18, played professional basketball, a total of 12 games over in Australia right now. He is not the consensus number one, and I want to make that clear. He goes everywhere from one to I've seen him as low as five on some teams' boards. But he moves to number one mostly because of the elite passing ability, floor vision, super high basketball IQ, just overall feel for the game. It's that combination of size and feel that is the thing that he's hanging his hat on right now for NBA scouts and and really might be the only guy that you can really talk about in this draft that has like one elite transferable skill that can make it to the next level. Now, there are plenty of concerns from NBA teams about him. He's not an explosive athlete. He's been a really streaky shooter with poor form on his shot. He struggled as an on-the-ball defender. And he carries some of that baggage of the ball name with him as well. And that certainly is working against him. And so it's not like LaMelo is a perfect prospect. It's not like he doesn't have warts that might allow him to fail at the next level. But in a draft where there are no tier one elite superstar prospects, I think a number of teams look at ball and say, if some of that other stuff can come around, the, the floor vision, the basketball IQ, it's so elite that he has the best chance of anybody in this draft of becoming a star. I don't disagree. After watching a lot of tape of Lamelo, I see the greatness. I also see the warts, and, and some of them aren't very pretty at all. But assuming he puts in the work, and there's lots of evidence from a background perspective that he will, I just see the highest ceiling 
for LaMelo Ball. And so in this one, I concur with most NBA scouts. Number two, Anthony Edwards, freshman, Georgia, 18-year-old. lot of teams that I've spoken with, if they don't have LaMelo, number one, Edwards is the guy that is often the other guy that you hear at number one. His range was exactly the same as LaMelo's. I heard him as high as one, never heard him lower than five. And it's really interesting where LaMelo is getting there based off of a skill set and elite feel. Edwards is getting there based off of his athletic profile. He's built like a tank. He's an aggressive scorer. He has just elite, elite physical tools that teams really covet when you think about wings. Ironically, it's his lack of feel for the game, low basketball IQ, streaky at best shooter, inconsistent defender that doesn't always lock in on that end that are major, major question marks. And so it's really interesting to pit these two guys together, right? One with that elite feel for the game, but doesn't have that explosive athleticism. And it looks like there might be some liabilities on that end versus Edwards, who has all of the physical attributes that you really look for in a top prospect, but without the feel for the game that you typically want in an elite prospect. If it was me, just based off of all the drafts that I've seen over the years, it certainly seems to me that Edwards might be the riskier pick over Ball. Because while athleticism is great, that feel for the game, I'm not sure that that can be taught. And he could be very frustrating for coaches to play while he figures that out, even with all the tools that he has for the game. He's number two. Number three, and frankly, if it was me, I think I would have him too. James Wiseman, center out of Memphis, freshman, 19-year-old, played three games before being suspended by the NCAA. I'm not sure that guys like Wiseman with his size, frame, and athleticism come along every day. He is a freak, elite, athletic prospect. And it's not like he's just an athlete. He can shoot the basketball a little bit. He's a versatile scorer. He can create his own shot. He's a rim runner. There is a lot of potential. I don't know that it's all realized potential, but there is a lot of potential in his offensive game for teams. The questions, he's undisciplined, doesn't show toughness in the paint, settles too much for jumpers, poor free throw shooter, inconsistent motor. All of that stuff is really knocks about him as a high school player. We just didn't see enough of him at Memphis to really know whether he was able to address those issues, whether maturity, work ethic, all of that stuff is playing into things. If he could get workouts with NBA teams, I could easily see Wiseman going number one. And believe it or not, there's some teams in the league that have him number one on the board, but he drops all the way to like eight on some boards. His range is higher and more teams in that like three to eight range than in the one to two range for Wiseman. But he's my sleeper to go as the number one pick in the draft, depending who gets it, because the potential is there. And I know the league has evolved more into a wing league and a guard league, but Wiseman's combination of size, athleticism, and and frankly, skill is, is really salivating. He could be a major, major matchup problem if he gets his work ethic together. At four, 
Killian Hayes, 18-year-old point guard out of France, played in Germany last year and really dramatically improved as a prospect as the season went on. Great size for position, is great with the ball in his hands, can shoot off the bounce, great pick-and-roll player. There's just a lot of things to love about Hayes. He doesn't really have the warts that the top three guys above him have. The question is also about the ceiling for Hayes. He doesn't have elite athleticism. He's very left-handed dominant. He can struggle at times to break down his man off the dribble. He doesn't really get to the line. While his shot looks good, in theory, he was really streaky in Europe and shot 29% in league play this year from three. And uh, struggled sometimes defensively when he's played against the really athletic guards. There's weaknesses there, but he's the, the high floor, maybe slightly lower ceiling point guard in this draft that has really excited a lot of NBA teams. Not because they're pointing to Hayes as a superstar. And that's why I I don't think he'll be able to rise up and be the number one pick in the draft. But a safer bet to be a really good starter in the NBA, maybe even make an all-star game or two in his career without all the risk that Edwards, Wiseman, and Ball bring to the table. He's been mentioned anywhere from three to 10 on the NBA teams that I've that I've spoken with, and he really has seemed to rise over the last couple of months uh, as well. At five, Tyrese Halliburton, guard out of Iowa State, sophomore, 20 years old, major, major high basketball IQ, great size for position, has an awesome floater, an orthodox shooter, but it goes in. And... Here's a guy with a little bit more experience. Another guy like Killian Hayes, where maybe his ceiling isn't super high, but his floor is also higher as well. He can struggle to take his man off the dribble. He lacks some strength. He doesn't get to the line, and there's some worries about how he's going to play through contact. But if you're talking about a guy who could come in right now and do some things for your team and bring all of that intelligence and experience Halliburton's your guy. Also, one thing about Hayes and Halliburton, just acts absolutely excel. They just absolutely excel in the off-court stuff. Leadership, no red flags at all for those guys. Just considered very safe picks by teams. Halliburton getting mentioned in that same 3 to 10 draft range, depending on the team that you talk to. At 6, maybe the best college basketball player in college basketball last year, Obi Toppin, power forward out of Dayton, sophomore, 22 years old, NBA athleticism, incredible dunker, works on the pick and pop, can trail him. He's got, he's got an NBA game. He's also 22 year old sophomore. He also is kind of tight in the hips, a little bit upright on the defensive end. On the plus side, you'll hear teams compare him to like Amari Stoudemire. And when they do, he's very, very high on their board. On the downside, you'll have some teams compare him to Derek Williams out of Arizona. And then he slides considerably around the board. This is a guy that 
has just been all over the place when I've talked to teams. I'm not sure where he ultimately lands, but we're talking about anywhere from two. Yes, he's been ranked as high as two on some boards all the way down into the late lottery, like 12. I've heard him as low as 12 as well. Polarizing prospect. Not sure what to think right now. Six is like kind of splitting the difference on top and right now. Could go a few spots higher, could go a few spots lower. At seven, on Yeka, on Kongwu, a USC freshman, forward center, 19 and a half years old, a little bit older than some of the other freshmen. He's an explosive athlete. He's a lob threat. He's an efficient scorer at the rim. Good rebounders footwork, shot blocking, had a really, really good season at USC. There are questions about him as a modern big in the NBA. Didn't have a great assist rate, not much of a stretch threat, can be a bit of a black hole on the offensive end, doesn't necessarily do much beyond the rim, plays more like a five and a four body, and You have teams that are projecting him, that USC held him back a bit, that he actually can do more on that end. This is definitely a guy that I think, again, could maybe have helped himself in workouts if he could get in front of teams and maybe show some of the stuff that he wasn't allowed to do at USC. Teams are, again, all over the board on him. I've heard him as high as four on some draft boards, as low as 10 And another guy, a bit like Halliburton in Hayes, where maybe the ceiling isn't as high as some of the other prospects, but also they feel like there's a pretty high floor there for a Kongwu. At eight, Devin Vassell, wing, sophomore, Florida State, a little over 19 and a half years old. If you want to talk about 3 and D, a guy who can defend, shoot off the bounce, good passer, One of these guys that just has, if you're looking for what NBA teams value and what they're looking for right now in the league, he fits this really to a T. He's not an explosive athlete. You know, there's some questions about about strength with him, but he's a guy that I've just routinely seen move up, move up, move up because of the modern fit that he has in the NBA. This is a type of player that many NBA teams are looking for right now from a fit perspective. I've heard him as high as six. I've seen him as low as 15. I think a lot of it depends on what team needs are and and whether they feel like they have players at that position. But Vassal is a guy that I I would watch. It's looking really likely like he's going to be a top 10 pick in the league. Isaac Okoro, number nine, a wing freshman out of Auburn, also all over draft boards, 19 years old, super high IQ. He's tough. He's a finisher at the rim. He gets compared to lots of great wing prospects, including Jimmy Butler at time. He's just doesn't have a shot. And it's question mark about what sort of offensive game he is going to bring to the table in a league where wings need to be able to score the basketball it's not as particularly clear to teams how he is going to be scoring the basketball. And that has him all over, again, draft boards as high as five. 
I've heard him as low as 15 with teams that just really, really worry about the offensive fit. I think defensively, they get it. The versatility is there. The toughness is there. Can he make the offensive end go? And at 10, Patrick Williams, freshman, forward, 18 years old, one of the youngest players in the draft. Versatile, do everything forward on both ends. There is a lot of interesting, again, mixed feelings about Patrick Williams. Some people project him as this high ceiling guy who's going to be a 3 and D guy, can play multiple positions, both on the offensive end, on the defensive end, is going to be able to stretch the floor. There's other teams that question whether he's going to be able to defend threes, whether his shot is really that great. It was streaky this year. They look at the turnovers. They look at his lateral speed. And they wonder whether he is actually the upside prospect that some teams think he is. So there's teams that have him in the mid-lottery, like in the 8 to 10 range. There's teams that have him outside of the lottery in the 15 to 20 range on their draft boards. Again, Williams, a bit of a polarizing prospect, like a lot of guys in this draft. Not a lot of sure things. But I was surprised just given what I've seen out there, how many teams had him closer to mid to late lottery than they did late in the second round. I think if there's a prospect that you're going to swing a little bit with and hope that it works out, I think Patrick Williams is is a hot name right now. Well, that's the top 10. That means it's time for a built bar. Uh, looking in my box, you can get a lot of variety uh, of flavors here. Uh, today, what I've got left is peanut butter. We got a toffee almond. We got a double chocolate mousse, salted caramel chocolate, peanut butter brownie. Gotta go with uh, the doc- double chocolate mousse. Here's the thing about Built Bar, and one of the reasons I'm I'm stoked that they have been sponsoring this podcast and lots of ones on the Locked On Network. It actually tastes good. It's creamy. It's soft. You, we say it tastes like you're eating a candy bar, but but it really is. But like a soft, gooey candy bar, and that's that's on the one end. And then on the other end, it's low sugar, it's high protein energy bar. It's it's not one. It just it just tastes like one. And so you know if you're looking for a boost of energy or protein, uh, I I'm a runner. I'm out running all the time, and this is just a great hit. It's also been hitting the spot as I've been taking breaks doing the podcast. And I really think that that is the selling point for Built Bars. Also, just incredible variety of flavors. And the cool thing is if you go to their website, they'll let you mix and match the bars you want, any combination you want. You can get your favorites. You can share with your family or whatever. We're going to go back to talking about Big Board 1.0. But before I do so, I want you to go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. I promise you they taste amazing. Tons of variety of flavors. You're going to love it. Well, we are looking at Big Board 1.0, 
We've gone through the first 10 players. After that, again, consensus, really hard to come by. At 11, I've got RJ Hampton out of New Zealand, wing player, elite athlete. That's the thing I think that really excites teams. He played in New Zealand this year, skipped college basketball, didn't have necessarily like the dominant season in like 12 games that LaMelo did, was much more of a bit player, a role player on his team. But there's actually a lot of teams that actually really like that and think that Hampton got to learn from veterans, learn that that he wasn't necessarily a superstar and that that humility and that professionalism that he got over there is going to translate well. They're just hoping the shot comes around. I mean, RJ Hampton, the big question is going to be, is that shot going to come? And if it does, he probably moves up four or five ticks on our board. If it doesn't, he may move down four or five ticks. You kind of split the difference with him. I've got him right now, teams as high as eight. Again, some teams have him in the early 20s on their board. Just yet another player that that teams are really all over the place right now on, depending on the team. Number 12, Aaron Neesmith. Wing out of Vandy, sophomore, a little bit older, 20 and a half years old. Elite shooter. Was ridiculous this season at Vanderbilt before he broke his foot. So a little bit of a limited sample size, though he still took 115 threes this year. Has length, can shoot on the move, which is something that teams are really, really interested in. He's not like the most explosive athlete in the world, and there are some questions about creating his own shot or his shot for others. It's like a little bit one-dimensional. This guy's a scorer. He's a flamethrower. He's going to shoot from all over the court. But in a league that has been begging for more shooting, Neesmith really might be your best prospect in the draft as far as it comes to being an elite shooter. And that has him going as high as 10 on some boards. There are some teams that have him more in like the 15, 18, 20 range, but he's been edging up as well. And I I think that we'll probably see him some somewhere in that like back third of the lottery on draft night. Kierlis Jr. at 13, point guard out of Alabama, sophomore, only 19 years old, young for his class, speed, pick and roll ability, defense, strength. This is an exciting guy who can be both a playmaker and can score the basketball. He can be a little bit reckless. There's sometimes question about his combination of scoring versus playmaking, shooting off the bounce, a bit of a question as well. But in this debate, which a lot of NBA teams are having about who's the best point guard after those top guys are off the board, he is winning more and more conversations against the next guy at 14 that I have, Cole Anthony, who is actually a year older, even though he was a freshman point guard out of UNC, also an elite scorer, but more questions with Cole Anthony about, is he a point guard? Maybe did he reach his peak in high school, had a disappointing season at North Carolina. If teams were doing individual workouts right now, these two guys would be banging head to head for the maybe last point guard taken in the lottery both of them in this like 10 to 20 range on draft boards. I'm finding more teams leaning Kira Lewis 
than they're leaning Cole Anthony right now. But there are some teams in Anthony's defense that really think that he was maligned this year at North Carolina. They really think that he actually handled himself well there and that he was just really playing on a bad team with a lot of expectations, a lot of pressure, injury issues, and that he is still going to come into the NBA and be the prospect that many people thought he would be in high school. And then there are people like John Hollinger who wonder whether he's the next Shabazz Muhammad on the other end. And so Anthony might actually be more polarizing than Kira Lewis. Some teams have him higher, some teams have him lower. Kira Lewis sort of fits in the middle. But as far as ranking them on my big board, I got Kira Lewis just one spot ahead of him. Lewis at 13, Cole Anthony at 14. That rounds out the lottery. There's a number of other players that were actually mentioned by NBA teams as potential lottery picks, though. One that is also all over the board is Israel's Denny Avdia, 19-year-old forward, do-it-all type of player, super aggressive, confident, competitor, has shown well in the inside the Israeli league and in, in competitions, in, in youth competitions. A bit of a streaky shooter, not the world's like most explosive early. He's not a bad athlete, but he's not like gonna explode off the floor either. He doesn't have great length. You know, shooting is part of his game, though he's been streaky, but that poor free throw shooting is a major red flag for a lot of teams right now. And it's it's one of these things where I think everybody feels like Avdia is going to come in and play a role in the league. The question is, is he more of a Dario Saric sort of role? And even Saric at this, when he was drafted, had done more in Europe than than Denny has. And so you've got teams that have him in like the 8 to 10 range. And you have some teams that have him in like the 20 to 25 range and think that he was hyped up because he was playing in Israel and he there's just been a focus on him for so long. At 16, maybe the most controversial pick. I didn't actually even hear many NBA teams talking about him in my first round of calls when I was talking about the draft. John Hollinger loves him. Paul Reed, power forward, big man, sophomore, DePaul University, 21 years old. Maybe he can play some center in the league. He's lanky, shot blocker, length. He's got skill. He's got agility. He's got a motor. Even though he's lanky, he's actually, he's actually pretty strong. He rebounds. John thinks he's the best defender in the draft. I've actually had a couple of NBA scouts that agree that he is the sleeper in this draft. And it's really interesting when you start to push on some of these guys, you know, there'll be some concessions. Yeah, we weren't talking about him. We're hoping he kind of snuck up and and slipped to us. And there are some teams that don't even have him in their first round. And so you have him in this range of like 13 to 35, which is a massive range when we should be actually pretty close to the draft and the scouting is done on him. But I'm pretty confident after talking to more and more teams that where he's sort of at on internet on the internet is not very aligned with how NBA teams see him. Again, some teams don't see him as a first rounder, but 
I think more and more teams got him in that sweet spot, like very late lottery, mid-first-round prospect. Got to say the same thing about number 17, Tyrell Terry. Guard out of freshman, Stanford, 19 years old. If you want to make an argument for the best shooter over Aaron Neesmith, it's it's Tyrell Terry. He can shoot off the catch. He can shoot off the bounce. He's crafty. Always moving. Really smart basketball player. One of the things that I really like about him, he just is undersized and lacks strength. And every scout that I talk to about Terry is like, will he please, please just go back to school and work on his body a little bit. It's, It's hard, even though he's got this pretty impressive skill set, especially on the offensive end, to project how he gets minutes with his size and body in the NBA right now. In the draft, you're talking about a guy who I've seen as high as like in the lottery because of that elite shooting ability, all the way to some teams that have him late first round to out of the first round. Again, polarizing prospect like Reed, Some teams love him. Some teams aren't really sure or sold. I got him at 17 on my board. Tyrese Maxey, another super polarizing prospect. 19-year-old freshman out of Kentucky. Strong, physical length, hustle, competitiveness. Good finisher at the rim. Okay shooter. Gets the clutch label. People love that. Right, He's got the intangibles there. Played some big games for Kentucky as well. Other people don't like his size, don't like his handle, wonder if he has really the burst that teams really are looking for in a player like him, undersized for his position. Another guy that couple teams, late lottery pick. Other teams, late first round, all over the place on Tyrese Maxey. 19, Jalen Smith, center, 20, Maryland, sophomore, Size, length, shooter, finishes at the rim, motor, basketball IQ, actually pretty good rebounder. Don't see a lot of like super versatile bigs that can actually tick off a lot of boxes that teams are looking for in the league. These guys, I'm always surprised he's not a little bit higher on draft boards. I think some of it is a lack of strength, especially in the lower body. I think he's going to get pushed around a lot down in the paint. And then does he have the sort of lateral agility that you really need to also guard guys on the perimeter? I think there's some real question marks about that. I think when you watch the game tape, you wonder if he gets some strength, especially in his lower body, whether a lot of that takes care of itself. I think he goes somewhere between like 15 and 30 in the draft. And 20, Jamius Ramsey, shooting guard freshman out of Texas. Big-time scorer, shoots off the catch and bounce. Very intriguing as a potential high-level scorer in the NBA. Not a playmaker. He shoots it and shot it well this year from three, but we've talked a lot in this podcast about free throws and how free throws are more of an indicator about whether you're going to be a great three-point shooter in the NBA That has teams concerned. He's also very undisciplined on the defensive end. And there's some questions around the basketball IQ and feel on that end. 
He's in the 18 to 30 range uh, for teams. Some teams think he's a little bit of a sleeper there in the mid first round. Some people feel like he's being overhyped right now all over the place. Let me tell you about my secret weapon for learning new things and getting ahead. It's hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There is an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using the information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute or your lunch break or while you exercise. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, the history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestseller lists as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had the time. I've read The War for Kindness, Building Empathy in a Fractured World by Jamil Zaki, and The Righteous Mind, Why Good People Are Divided by Politics and Religion by Jonathan Haidt, and I highly recommend you check them out. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for a low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA, try it for free for seven days, and save 25% on your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com NBA to start your free seven-day trial, and you'll save 25% off, but only when you sign up on Blinkist.com NBA. Alexei Pokshevsky, forward out of Serbia, maybe the youngest player in this draft. Seven-footer, he can stretch the floor. Really, really high basketball like you. This is a seven-footer who's going to shoot, going to pass, going to handle. Really, really impressive. But when I say thin, we're talking about rail, rail, thin. Yeah, rail, rail, thin. And so that is a concern for a lot of NBA teams. Seen him as high as 12 on boards, seen him as late as 30. Think he definitely gets drafted in the first round if he's there. If nothing else, there aren't a lot of great international players as draft and stash candidates. He's one. At 22, Precious Achua. Forward out of freshman, out of Memphis, 20 years old. Again, was labeled as a potential lottery pick early on. I think his lack of progress on the offensive end has pretty much hurt his end. He is a really energetic, versatile, athletic defender, and he's going to make a name for himself in the NBA on that end. It's whether the offense can come around for Precious enough to warrant him being taken any higher than he's at right now. 
seen him as high as 15 on boards. Other teams have him late first round. He's got about a 15-point spread there. At 23, out of Kansas, sophomore, 20-year-old guard, Devon Dotson, fearless, jumps into the teeth of the defense, has speed, handle, athleticism. He's going to be a lot to handle as far as getting to the basket, but he's lacks elite length, size, jumper is streaky, sometimes plays like too fast for his own good. And it has teams a little bit nervous about Dotson and what role he plays. But think of a guy that could come off the bench and be instant offense. That's Dotson. I don't, he's not going in the lottery, you know, early twenties, late teens, low end. He's actually in the second round. Not every team has him as a first rounder. In fact, with all of the guys that I'm talking about now, some teams have these players as second rounders, not as first rounders. At 24, I have Sadiq Bey, a wing out of Villanova, sophomore, a little bit older, 21 years old. 3 and D guy. This guy is one of these guys that feels like has a pretty high floor, ceiling, a little bit lower. Spot-up shooter, plays hard, he's versatile, can guard multiple guys. He's not like an elite athlete again. Questions about shot creation and who he's going to be, but a guy that's going to spot up in the corner and shoot threes, and then get after it on the defensive end and guard multiple guys, there's a place in the league for him. And he also gets mentioned anywhere from like starting in that mid-first round to early second round pick. Theo Maladon, point guard, out of France, 19 years old. Tony Parker, protege. Big, long, good court vision, good jump shot, athleticism. And, and the lack of development are the big question marks for him. He was a guy that at the start of the season, teams had a lot more hope for, had him ranked higher. Some teams certainly had him ranked higher than Killian Hayes. And then you see Hayes' development this season. Look at Maladon. It just wasn't there the same way. And that that's hurt him on draft boards. I have seen teams that have him in the late teens and are looking at him there. But other teams really are got him solidly in the 20s. I think this is probably if there's another guy I say doesn't like fall out of the first round, it's Maladon again because if nothing else, you could do a draft and stash with him. At 26, Josh Green. Wing. Played at Arizona, a 19-year-old. Aussie. Has that versatile 3 and D type game. Great energy. Both ends of the court. Can be a spot-up shooter. Toughness. Just again wonder if there's enough skill set there to really make him pop in the league. Seen him in the 20s, seen him in the 40s with some NBA teams. Elijah Hughes out of Syracuse. Another guy that teams are interested about because of scoring ability. Very intrigued with what he did this year at Syracuse. And that is is where he's getting some buzz in the late first round. Like all Syracuse players, everybody's going to point to defense and not really have a clue about how he's going to defend in the NBA because of the zone that they play in Syracuse. That has some teams worried. And just overall, the sort of transition of wing players from Syracuse to the NBA, he could go somewhere in the mid to late 20s. Also could easily see him in the 40s on some boards. Jaden McDaniels, 28, 
Number 28, wing out of Washington. Freshman has length. He's a good ball handler. Spot-up shooter. He just wasn't very good this year. Needs strength, lets playmaking. He was a poor finisher. Couldn't beat people off the dribble. He looks the part of elite prospect. And to John Hollinger's point on my last pod, someone probably pulls the trigger just because of that. But if you're asking, did his game really warrant that this year? A lot of teams were really turned off by him. I mean, he's a guy that there was a lot of projection that he could be out of high school, like a top 10 pick. He's now sort of hanging on for dear life here late in the first round. Number 29, Malachi Flynn, point guard out of San Diego State, a junior. He's 22 years old. Analytics folks love him. He transferred out of Washington State, sat out a year, just knows how to play the game. Big fan of a lot of NBA scouts that saw him play. They love his game, court vision, shooting, playmaking, toughness. He's not an elite athlete, not a great physical specimen, but just a hustle guy who people think could make an NBA rotation. And at this point, that's what we're talking about, NBA rotation player. And finally, 30, Desmond Bain. Guard out of TCU, senior, 22 years old, shooter, high basketball IQ, Get on the pick and roll. He's strong. Rebounds. And then, you know, this lack of length, lack of speed, explosiveness pop is what scares a lot of teams away, age as well. But he sits at number 30 on my board. Well, that's a look at my top 30 on the big board. As we get closer to the 2020 NBA draft, whenever that's going to be, we'll come back and do this again. And next week, we will be debuting our first ever mock draft, mock draft 1.0, coming next week. You've been listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Aloha. Aloha.